We are back, Sheffield Shuffler, another episode with Lost in the Shuffle. We're here today with Chris Hernandez. What's up, Chris? What's up, man? How's it going? Good. Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, I just started this podcast, uh, the Hembino podcast, not too long ago, just a little side work here and there. And honestly, it's it's been great. I got to meet you. I got to meet other other fellow podcasters. And, and honestly, I, I've been having a blast and just sharing con- some content with you and very, very grateful that I was able to get on the show right now. Isn't it nice just to meet up with other guys who like baseball and just talk shit about baseball and kind of just everything that's going on? It's just, yeah, it's just fun, right? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Especially when, I mean, I am a failed baseball player that since high school and always loved the sport and this and, and just talking about it. And I've never really had the experience to like get into conversations like we're about to today with just fellow teammates. So it's really nice to like actually grow up and, and get into podcasting and meeting more people that are just like, like me and, and doing this and the conversations that you can get to just talking shit about players and stuff. It's, it's good. Well, Especially when you're up. talking about Yankee players. <laughs> let's set this up too, Chris, cause you are in um, St. Louis area, correct? Yeah. And you are a Cardinals fan. That's the problem. That that's the thing. I moved to St. Louis. Okay. But I'm I'm actually from San Diego. Okay. Yeah. From but San Diego. They call me a bandwagon just because I root for any any team. I'm just a baseball fan, but right. I'm I'm happy that I moved to St. Louis at the time that I did because being in San Diego, I didn't get to see no fucking playoff games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or any good baseball for that matter, right? Just till until I moved, man. I moved and then they started being good. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're glad you're here. This is going to be fun. Um, we'll go ahead and start it off. What did you want to start with first? I know we got a list of stories here. What did you want to kick it off with? Uh, you know what? Uh, let's start. Let's start off with 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 Lester and Schwarber. I know Lester's batting right now. Yeah, so. he got a uh, standing ovation um, when he came to the mound, started warm-up pitches. He got a standing ovation at his first at-bat. Schwarber got the same thing. Schwarber already dropped a bomb, too. I think he dropped a two-run <laughs> bomb already. Hayward went deep off of Lester. So um, this is it's already a four-to-three game. Um, there's been two or three home – there's been three home runs so far, so a lot of action. But – as a Chicago fan, we obviously got a sweet spot in our hearts for Kyle Schwarber and John Lester. John Lester was our bulldog, probably the greatest um, acquisition the Chicago Cubs have ever had, uh, coming like a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was the best signing that we've ever had. Um, you know, he takes us, helps us in a World Series, and just has been good since we signed him in what 2014 or 15. Um, yeah. But it was awesome, and then just. Kyle Schwarber, you know, developing him coming from University of Indiana, transitions from catcher to outfield, outfield. blows out his knee in like the fifth game of the season, Uh, you know, miraculously comes back to the World Series, gets some key hits. So all Cubs fans and Chicago fans got got a uh, special place in our heart for those guys. Well, especially since, like you mentioned, I mean, you blow out your knee. You don't expect that guy to come back. Right. And the way that he came back and came back swinging in the playoffs without playing for a couple months, it's things that you, like you said, you, you find a, a special place in your heart for that team. I, myself, you may hate me. I'm not a Cubs fan. 
I'm yeah, from that's, the south. That's I'm from the south side of Chicago. I mean, you yeah. can see a little tattoo here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I got family down there, but I mean, being how the Cubs have have been playing the past few years, you got to have a sweet spot for them. I mean, they went from not winning shit for a hundred and something years to coming back and being a competitive team, especially in a very competitive uh, division with the Cardinals always you know the Cardinals always going into the playoffs the Brewers making a push for it and obviously the Reds and I mean it's a really good division and it's good to see that they're competing against them even though right now they don't have that top elite team yeah I mean they're still young players or eventually you're going to get back into that shape that that you want them to be but I mean I, I can only see great things for the Cubs coming ahead well it's just like anything right it's very cyclical so Ideally, you you get homegrown talent, you build it up, and what you want is to get it all on the field, just like we had. That's why our farm system was depleted, because all mm. of our talent was on the field, and that's what you want. And then you get that small window, and you got to capitalize, because that window is three to four to five years, and then it's gone. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how you see it now. Now you have to rebuild. You got to go get talent. You got to plug in pieces and kind of get creative, because every team is going to have to go through that rebuild, you know? Yeah, I mean, look at just look at the White Sox right now, just going down to the south of Chicago. They were they traded off their best player, Tatis, for the the, the James Shields, Shields trade. Yeah, it was a shitty trade. That's gotta hurt. Yeah, I mean, they were like, let's go for the good pitcher, he's got a world series, this and that, and it just backfired on him. Yeah, so man. I mean, obviously, you still want to try to get you're still trying to rebuild. But it, it, it takes a hit sometimes. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer than it used to. I mean, I know the Red Sox were trying to rebuild this year, and they're, they have one of the best records in Major League Baseball. Right, yeah. So, I mean, you never know exactly when that's going to click. Mm-hmm. And how talented your young guys are, how well they get along, um, the culture in the clubhouse. Like, those are all important things to contribute to success. They might not be the only factor, but they definitely contribute to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's exciting. We'll see how this pans out. Um, but yeah, it's always good to see, um, you know, former players come back. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll see uh, fans that'll boo, you know, when they come back. Boo! And it's like, all right, guys, it's not like they chose to leave. You know, it's like yeah. we didn't choose to give, to give them a right contract or whatever. But it's nice when you, you know, it's like a, a mutual separation and everybody's happy. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he left with bad blood or anything like that. So Right. Hey, Going off of bad blood, let's lead into this. Manny Machado yesterday, who has a track record of dirty, questionable, dirty plays, took a uh, perfectly legal slide in the middle of the base path, right, to break Mm -hmm. up a double play, which he does. Everyone's it's a it's a legal play um, to break up a double play, which he does. Um, and they end up actually winning that game. So, um, chase or Jace Tingler, the, uh, the manager for the the Padres came out and defended, um, Machado pretty hard and said, you know, I think that play won us that game. He took out the double play. We go on to win that game. You know, we're trying to win. We're down five guys. We got five injuries. Um, but you know, it's just, I it's if he didn't have that track record, I think it'd be a little bit different, you know? Well, yeah, especially if, if, and I was actually talking to one of my buddies here in St. Louis that he's a huge Cardinal fan. I'm like, what'd you think about it? He's like, you know what? If, if the, if the second baseman would have gotten hurt, then it would have been a different story. Right. But if they both came out clean from it, we're like, 
fuck it. It was a rough play. It is what it is. But now, like you said, it's it's totally totally okay to break up a double play. But I think he made the best choice of actually sliding, trying to get out of the way because it was just impact. Right. So he tried to avoid it. It slid. And I think it would have been better. He did good about doing that than actually just ramming straight into him, just kind of like Obreu did. Yeah. Or Albert Bell in the 90s, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Forearm shimmy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he did the big, the great, the good thing about it. But like you said, he has that track record of just being the 30 player. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't anything like the Chase Utley slide. So. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, like those just those past plays, like when he, he stepped on uh, Jesus Aguilar's ankle on first base a couple like once. And mm-hmm. yeah, that, that kind of stuff just leaves a, a dirty taste in your mouth just because, yeah, you don't want anybody to get hurt. I mean, I love aggressiveness. I love this. The slides. I think there should be broken up double plays and stuff like that. It's just it just looks strange because nobody slides yeah. in the middle of a base path. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it's all instinct. I mean, it's not something that you're thinking of. So it's it, it's kind of unfortunate that people see it that way. And especially like we talked about it before, how there's new fan bases into baseball. So a lot of people never really got to play a lot when it, as as they were younger and they don't really understand how the game can be aggressive from time to time. Right. But I mean, I was actually talking to some of the college coaches that, that I know. Um, and they basically, I mean, it's a legit slide. I mean, yeah, it looks kind of dirty, but it, it's, it's well a rough play. Rules, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm okay with it, I guess. Cause it's, it's legal, but you know, it's just like, it's, of course it would be Machado. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. It's that track record that like yeah. that you said, it's like, Oh, fuck. right. <laughs> So, yeah, that was going on in San Diego. How about uh, a little bit south in L.A.? How about Albert Pujols going to the Dodgers? What do you think about that? Especially, you know, because I thought the, the move that made sense would be to bring him back to St. Louis to have, finish the season where he started. In St. Louis, I think that would be the, the perfect storybook ending. Didn't, didn't end up that way. Uh, you know what? I actually talked about this on my last episode on, on the podcast, and it was kind of unfortunate because I thought he was on – he, I actually thought he was going to end up with the Orioles, just being the first baseman, um, being a guide to Mancini. I mean, it was, it's a good, they're not a great team, but yet they have a lot of great, great young players that need some motivation from somebody like him. Mm-hmm. So we talked about it. My buddy, um, Rolando Sanchez, um, mentioned that he doesn't think he was going to play for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know if you know the Dominican Republic Olympic team was trying, trying to get him to go play in the, the Olympics. Oh, okay. Uh, so that was also an option he had, but going to St. Louis, we all talked about it. I mean, that was the talk in the town, honestly, Albert coming to St. Louis and finishing off his career here. But right. I mean, would he really get any playing time? You get Goldschmidt on first base. It's I mean, other than being a bench player, he'd be doing the same thing he was doing in, in Anaheim. But here, that's the thing, though. So he's like, it, with the Angels, oh, I don't want to play off the bench. Okay, well, I want to get traded. Okay, go to the Dodgers. You want to play off the bench? Yeah, I'll take it. Like, you're going to be doing the same thing with the Dodgers. You know what I mean? It makes sense with all the injuries that they have right now. Yes. But I think when, if they do come back, you know, Bellinger, um, you know, McKinstry, 
I mean, I understand why that makes sense because of those injuries, but more than likely at the end of the season, middle of the season, he's going to be coming off the bench. Yeah, and then it it gets back to the point that, I mean, he even mentioned it in the conference today that he had, that he had a lot of gas left in the tank. So, you know, this is not going to be his last year straight off the bat. Now, is he going to take a pay cut to go to St. Louis and be that player to play off the bench and end off his year with Yachty? That'd be the great Cinderella story. Hmm. But, I mean, with the infield injuries that the Dodgers have, Max Muncy being to play first, second, and third, uh, you got Seager out, so you're going to have to move around that middle infield. As soon as I saw that they picked up pools, I was like, you know what? That kind of fucking makes sense. They need an everyday first baseman. Right. And he's available right now. And shit, it's Albert Pujols. Right. So I don't know how much he got. I don't know how much they got him for because it's it's a whole different deal that he had with the Angels. Yeah, I wasn't able to find that. Were you able to find what that deal consisted of? No, all I know is that it's just good till the end of the year. Now yeah. he did he did mention that he offered his services to the Cardinals and that he basically wanted to not be an everyday player, but he wanted to have some at bats, like consistent at bats, and then also that he wanted to become like a mentor to the players to like eventually have a role in the organization. Okay. So I mean the Cardinals obviously they don't they don't honestly they don't need pool holes at the moment. It'd be more of a comfortity for him to come back. Right. So, I Trying mean, to find I find a spot for him to fit in. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and that the team, ha- the Cardinals are clicking right now. So it kind of be fucked up if you add somebody else to the mix. So I, I honestly think he's going to just finish off the season with the Dodgers and just maybe go to St. Louis next year. Yeah. That's so you, the way that I would think of. So you do think he's not going to be done after this season? The way that he is and the way that he sounded today in that conference meeting, I, I doubt it, man. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those players that um, in the Chris Rose rotation, they kind of mentioned it, that you have to – he has to analyze himself where he's at in this career. Obviously, he's not that top guy anymore. So you got to see where you at, how much you can get off, or how much playing time you're going to go. Just look at Pablo Sandoval. He's coming off the bench, and that's all he's been doing for the for the Braves. Right, but he's been raking too, right? That too. Yeah. So that's the thing about Pujols is I don't know if he thinks he's going to get that kind of money because my name is Albert Pujols, but when you look at his numbers and his average, I mean, there's a reason why he wouldn't get every day at bats, you know? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, the, the worst part of the contract was the second half of that – uh what was it? A 10 year, 13 year, a 10 year deal, right? Yeah. And that's where the angels kind of fucked up. I mean, he was what? 33 years old. Yeah. When they gave him a 10 year contract, it's like, right. dude, come on. Like you're seriously going to expect that many good years from him. Well, I don't understand these long contracts, period. I don't care who you are, how old you are. When you put that much time and invest, I mean, Name name uh, a 10-plus-year contract that worked out. The the Giancarlo Stanton got one with the Marlins. They pitched him off, right? Um, uh, Alex for, Rodriguez. Uh, uh, Pudge Rodriguez. Fernando Tatis just got a 14-year deal, man. That's so crazy. Like, and, you know, and imagine- here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, me being from San Diego and stuff, I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, do you really want to put that much money? I mean, shit, the Padres put out put not even a 10-year contract. They put an 8-year contract on Jed Jerko. Right. Where the fuck is he now? Yeah. Was he really that great of a player? No. Exactly. Like, why yeah. are you going to be throwing this much amount of money? I get it. He's a young star, this and that. 
Give him the five-year contract. Have to see how he develops. He's still, what, 23 years old, 22 yeah. years old? He's got a lot of seasons ahead of him, man. And you're expecting 14 good years from him? Right. Fuck. Yeah, it's just it's just a real big gamble just to throw that amount of money and years um, at such a young player who hasn't proven himself long-term, I guess. He had one good I mean, season. Yeah, one good season, right, yeah. You know, and then – I was looking at the end of the day, hey, it's not my money, so what do I fucking care? You know, yeah, exactly. Like, but then it kind of affects like the fan base because it's like, fuck, if he, it, you're tied down to a 14 year, they're tied down to two big contracts. Right. They got the Machado deal and they got the Tatis deal. Mm-hmm. So, and then they got Hosmer for like six years. So okay. Like, yeah. Okay. They're tied down with a shit ton of money. And it's mm-hmm. like, you better expect good shit from these players because otherwise, if you don't get a World Series, it's just a failure. But I mean, they did go after everybody this offseason. I mean, they were on fire. So you know they're they're making oh, a yeah. for it, which is great. It's like they realize, you know, we locked up our corner pieces, and that has been kind of like the formula too. Like I read the Cubway, and um, it was written by Tom Verducci, and they talked about um building an organization um with the four pillars. You need four players that kind of like that's your structure, and you build around that. And they just talked about those players, and you kind of see the same thing too. We're gonna lock up these guys or for X amount of years. And then we start picking pieces off free agency pitchers, you know, uh, guys off the bench, whatever it is. And I mean, they made a push this, uh, this winter and and made a lot of moves. Yeah. And actually at the beginning of the season, you start analyzing where their, where their um, deficit is. And honestly, right now they're struggling with players being healthy and stuff like that. That's, I mean, it's COVID related. So, you know, they're going to come back. Right. But I think where the Padres are struggling and it's where the Dodgers are kicking their ass in is that bullpen. Mm -hmm. Because the Dodgers, they have a deep bullpen. They have starting pitchers in the bullpen. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, David Price is in the bullpen, you know? Well, here's the thing. You you look at every player that the the Dodgers have in their rotation. If they send them to another team, that's a one-two starter right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, those players you're getting off in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, you're fucked. Right. So, I mean, you look at the Padres, who do they really have as a reliever that you're like, oh, crap. Mark Melanson. Melanson. I mean, he, I think he still has the most saves in the league. I yeah. mean, they use him a lot because, yeah, I mean. They're close games. Yeah. Right. So it, it, it gets Mark Melanson and then the other one is Greg Stamet. And then even then, he's not, he's, he's having a good beginning of the season, but he hasn't been that a player he went from starting pitching to the relieving position but after that you got tim hill that's blown a couple leads patino too right yeah so it's kind of like are you if you're gonna go because right now they're struggling with with the giants actually leading off the division for some miraculous yeah, way coming out of nowhere right yeah exactly Buster so, posey having a, a a season like it's 2012 right exactly and yeah. i called it man i'm like you everybody's sleeping on the giants if they stay healthy, they're going to come up, man. And yeah. they sure have. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of like, all right, now you have to keep up with what you're doing to stay in the fight for first place. But you're looking for that wild card because, you know, the Dodgers are going to come back. Right. But it is good to see them slide. You know, yes. they, there was a point I think they dropped, I don't know, 10 out of 17 games or something. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, injuries they play a big role. Now you're trying to piece together a winning team, you know, on the fly, who's fitting into these positions. I mean, I think they, they won the series. Did they win the series this weekend? Uh, no, Miami won it. 
Miami won the series. Yeah. I mean, but that just it's just so hard to kind of piece things together when you go. I mean, how many they have 13 guys, 13 guys that went down. That's that's huge. That's a whole damn team. Yeah. Plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks, man. But it like, I mean, being from the West and, and seeing how that's always been like a three team, a three team division, mm. it's kind of like down to the wire always. Every season's always been down to the wire to game one sixty two to see who who advances. Yeah. Hell, I got to see the Padres that they were about to make it into the playoffs there were one game behind the giants that's the giants in 2010 okay yeah when they and, won the world series yeah yeah they had that world series when they went into the wild card they won it with a wild card mm. the padres were entitled for that wild card and they lost the last game to the giants because the pitcher fucked them up he hit a walk-off home run <laughs> did he really yep oh i have to go back and see that dude it was it, it's like it it that division's always come down to the wire. So it's actually good to see that those three teams are again, fighting for that first place spot and seeing what happens. Cause I think the GM for the giants mentioned that they're not looking to play in the playoffs. They're not right. going to be buyers. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, will he change his mind as they get closer to the all-star game and see, it's like, okay, well we can make a push and see what happens. Or mm -hmm. are we going to stick to our rebuilding plan? Right. So the, the great thing, though, has been these regular season games between the Padres and the Dodgers are electric. You know, they have been they were action packed from beginning to start. Um, something always happened. Benches cleared, home runs, uh, taunting. It's just got that playoff atmosphere in the middle of the season, you know, in the middle of April or May, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those games, man, I, I stayed up till 1130, 12 watching these games. Yeah, those are rough I, on the West Coast, man. Dude, it sucks. But I was like, I got to watch these things. Game. I would wake up. I didn't even finish them. I was asleep watching them wake up and seeing like, fuck the Padres last. Yeah, so, right. I mean, it, there. It's good to see that that those type of games are what it is. What's getting new fan base and having baseball come back to life? Because man, there were some rough years that people just didn't give a shit about it. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's the same, like with, with hockey, I think baseball and hockey are diehard sports. I don't think there are too many casual baseball fans. There's too many, too many casual hockey fans where you'll watch another team. That's not your home team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I so, get that. Um, but Hey, how cool are those uh, new Marlins jerseys? Do you like those? Dude. They're nice. I, okay. I actually I like them more. I like the Marlins, uh, the city, the the red new low, the the new uniforms that they have better than the Boston Red Sox one. Oh, I thought those were so ugly. I thought they the were UCLA. <laughs> the yellow ones, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was UCLA, man. I was like, what the fuck are the Bruins <laughs> playing over there? Yeah. Yeah. So can you speak more onto like what it is? Cause did it say it was like a Cuban something? Um, yeah. those jerseys. Yeah, I guess it was um, – I kind of read into it, and I guess it was from, like, they were inspired from a 1950s Cuban team. So they kind of went off with – I see. I, I kind of saw, like, the logo of it, and it kind of – it has the same color, same everything. It, it's kind of cool because, obviously, you want to – Miami's a huge Hispanic area. Right. So there's a lot of Cubans, a lot of Puerto Ricans. So you want to feed into that fan base. So it's kind of nice that they they're involving the the Latin heritage into that and and bringing it up to life, especially with those vibrant colors, man. It, they look really nice. Yeah, I'm excited to see those. Those are uh, those look really dope. 
And then do you, when are they going to wear those? I don't know, honestly, because I know Boston was the, the first team that wore them. And then I think they wore them. They wore those jerseys for the, the anniversary of the Boston Marathon. Right. So they wore that for that. I don't know when Miami's going to wear them, though. Yeah. So it'd be like, nice to see because, those, I mean, they're they're freshmen. They're like, yes, nice. they looked they look really nice. I'll have to ask my boy Jazz Chisholm. See what he says. Oh, dude, I, <laughs> I fucking saw that. He was yeah. like, hey, let me have some of those jerseys. I was like, Damn. I know, dude, I got so excited. <laughs> yeah. So um, my brother, because I usually like design all the shirts, but I need some help, dude, because I just I'm always just running this stuff by myself. So to my brother, I was like. Yo, draw, you know, draw something. If you want to draw chat or jazz, I was like, yeah, that'd be dope. So then we put it up on the site and then, yeah, just tag them in it. And then I'm just like looking at my notifications, dude. It says need a couple. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. He saw that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm getting, I'm getting those, a couple of those out to him in hopes that I can get a couple photos of him wearing it. And that would be so dope. That'd be dope, man. Because honestly, if he can actually take a picture with those and post it on his Instagram. Yeah. Those sales are going to go up. Man. I know. That's what I'm for. <laughs> so that was just really cool. That was just a cool thing. Like, um, that happened this week and just social media, how it makes the world so much smaller and, you know, stuff like this. And, mm-hmm. you know, if this was 1950, man, how are you going to get professional athletes to see your stuff? You know what well, I mean? And even then I was talking to some of the guys, I was having uh, a couple beers with the college coaches yesterday. And we were just talking about that. I was like, it's crazy how baseball players have become so down to earth than how they used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you as a kid, they go and sign an autograph and they didn't say crap, man. They just signed the autograph and leave. Right. Now they take pictures with you. They give you gloves. They give you bats. I'm, I'm like, damn, dude, these kids are they're living the dream. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want to be a 25-year-old with a beard and everything trying to be like, hey, can I have a bat? I know, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. But I th- also think, too, because a lot more eyes are on them, you know, with photos and videos. Social media. And like, yeah. If you're an asshole, a lot of people can see that, right? Yeah. Well, just what happened to Papelbon. Remember that? What, when he, uh, with Bryce Harper? With Bryce Harper. Was like, he was in the dugout and he like choked him. Yeah. It's yeah. like, fuck, dude, are you really going to do that to your teammate? Yeah. Fuck. I like that. <laughs> that <was awesome. laughs> so, that's just a savage move, dude. Well, I mean, it's also like James Papelbon. He's a, he's a, he's a veteran pitcher and Bryce Harper was barely starting. It was his, what, his second or third season? Yeah. So you got a kid that's acting like, all the way up here and you're like hey you better fucking run on those plays and shit like right it, it's a veteran telling what to do and he didn't like it and he's like fuck you i'm gonna chuck the crap out of you but it was it was the one-handed like the father like i'm gonna ch- choke it yeah. was just such an aggressive joke so cool to see yeah. <laughs> and that shit was everywhere man yeah everywhere but, yeah like you said social media can either affect you or it can benefit you so yeah so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, today, Momo of the day. You're a fan of that, you said. You're a fan of the Momo of the day, right? I fucking like that because I didn't know what the fuck. I was working and I was just casually swiping seeing, like, what the hell's going on? And I saw Momo, Momo of the day and I saw this guy fuck up his arm. I was like, God damn it, dude. I just picked him up on Fantasy Team. Yeah. Huascar Yanoa, who has been a huge relief for uh, the Braves. They, they, uh, Max free just came back. Soroka hasn't been back yet. Charlie Morton has been very uneven this whole season. 
he has um, he's had like a home run already. He's been pitching really well. And then he gives up five runs, nine hits in four and a third on Sunday, gets pulled, punches the dugout bench with his pitching hand and breaks it. So now he's out a couple months. Yeah, exactly. And it comes back to like, dude, it's baseball. It's not always going to go your way. You're going to have good games. You're going to have bad games. It's good to show emotion, but it's like, fuck, dude, do you really want to fuck up your pitching arm? Yeah. And that's, I think that's just a young pitcher um, just doing stupid shit. Something that you're going to have to learn as you get older. Like I can't act like that. You know, I mean, you, you, you blow it, dude. You, you let your team down, you let yourself down as a competitor. You want to compete as much as you can. And yeah, you just blew it for, for months. You probably won't be back till after the all-star game. And, and this is what happens. You blow, you're, you're becoming, like you said, a good relief for the Braves, but now you can't play for two months. Right. Possibly more. What's going to happen? They're going to bring another player. They're going to bring a relief pitcher to fill up your spot. And if they do good, guess what? That motherfucker took your spot. Yeah. You're giving other people opportunity, right? Yeah. A chance exactly. for them to take bread off of your table. Yeah. And, and that's the sad part. I mean, there's the same thing that happened to the ace pitcher that he got a, a, a sprint, not a sprint, uh, a sprained finger playing video games. Who is that? I don't remember his name. I all I know is it happened very beginning of the season. He was a relief pitcher for the Oakland A's, and they just popped up. It was like he's out for a couple months with like a, a little sprain on his finger, supposedly that he was playing some video game and busted it on the on that's, the table. And I he's think out that's for bullshit. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I'm like, you seriously gonna get pissed off in the game? Punch a table, right? And be out for a couple months. Now yeah. you can't play video games at all, man. Well, that was the same thing with Trevor Bauer. Remember, he's playing with his drone like a fucking weirdo, and he cut his hand and his pinky bled everywhere. Got to get pulled out of a playoff game because he's bleeding everywhere. So, oh, sorry, it was my drone. It's like, what are you playing with the drone for? These are your tools, man. You have to be careful with the tools that you have. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, dude, really? Like, you—that's the smartest thing you can do before a playoff game. Right. Just go out there and try to. I mean, I think he did try pitching, right? And it he did, and it, and it cut, it busted open, and there was blood everywhere. I'll try and pull up a picture or a video, but yeah, it was just, it was terrible. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it gets back to the same spot. It's like you, you're in the playoffs. You got to be responsible, like you said. These are your tools. This is, this is the money maker, right? So it's kind of like, dude, like you got to be a little bit smarter than that, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I used to work. Um, at a hospital and like, I wouldn't like douche. Like I didn't go skiing or snowboarding. Well, I don't snowboard, but I didn't go skiing this winter. Cause I'm like, you know what? If I tear my ACL, I can't work, dude. I can't be on crutches, like working at the hospital. Now I work from home. So I'm definitely going to do that. Stuff now. <laughs> because, you know, now I could just sit at home on the, but yeah, these are the stuff you got to just be aware of. And I think it's just, yeah, just a mistake obviously, which sucks. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's, it's something that you don't think about and you, it's all, again, it's all reaction. You're pissed off. You had a bad outing. What are you going to do? I'm going to punch a wall. Right. See yeah. what happens. It's, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, it'd be a good, you know what? It'd be a good idea if they have like a punching bag in the locker room. Yeah. Or like, be like, be like big poppy and take a bat to the fucking Gatorade machine. Do you remember that? 
Yes. You beat well, the crap out of that Gatorade machine. Parts went everywhere. Like, do something. Like, yeah, use a bat. Don't use your hand. He did that to the Gatorade machine. He did that to the 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 phone. Phone box. Yeah, he did it to the phone, too. He did yeah. that to the phone box in, in Camden Yards. I actually yeah. talked about that not too long ago with another podcast. It was like, damn, dude, that's, it's like, grab something and break the shit out of it. Don't bust up your hand. Right, yeah. But, yeah, that was dumb. Um, So... Did you want to talk about Otani or did you want to talk about the Yankees? Let's talk let, let's talk about the Yankees and we'll we'll end with Otani. Okay. Um the Yankees, you know what? It kind of it, it's crazy right now because obviously they they were struggling with some pitchers. Uh Corey Kluber wasn't um what they what they were hoping for. It, it is Corey Kluber, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what he wasn't starting how he, he they wanted. Tyone wasn't pitching the way that they were expecting to. Obviously, the only good arm they had at the beginning of the season was Garrett Cole. Right. And the bats wasn't there. The injuries started coming in. And all of a sudden, they flipped it around. Corey Kluber starting to pitch, right? Tyone started finally getting some pitches in. Got his first win after two years. Mm-hmm. Um obviously Garrett Cole has been Garrett Cole. Herman has come back. He had a real shaky start to the season. I think his last start, he just won as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and it goes to the fact that it's like beginning of the season, a lot of people were like, man, these Yankees are not, they're not the same Yankees. Right. And now you look at them and they do have an underrated pitching rotation. Because it's all makeup players. They're not coming from great seasons. Right. So you got Corey Kluber that was out last season because of um, surgery. Tyone wasn't having a great season last year. And now these are all basically comeback players. Well, think about Corey Kluber's last great season was 2016 when he was with mm-hmm. the Indians going in the World Series when he was Klubot. Remember? Yeah. When he was Klubot. He was a robot. He was so freaking good. That was five years ago. You know, like that's a lot. Plus the surgeries that he's had. Like you're not the same pitcher that you yeah, were. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're you're buying low and hoping that he's got a high ceiling, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, the Yankees still don't have all their pitching back. Obviously, they still have Luis uh, Severino out in in um because of uh injury but once all those players come back i mean they do have a decent pitching rotation right. now the other thing is ju- i believe judges in this last year or last two years of his contract trying to get a contract extension if that guy can't stay healthy man well, is ju- it even worth it judge he was like player of the week this week i think uh he had i mean how many home runs I think he had um, five. Yeah, five home runs. I think his OPS was like 1.2 something. He had an awesome week. Um, but Giancarlo Stanton, he just went to the to the IL, right? Did he go yeah. to the IL or is he still day-to-day? I think he went to the IL. I think he went to the IL starting today. And, yeah. and it, it's, it's again, like you get one guy back, you lose one guy. It's like you either get Stanton or you get judged for a week and a half. Right. So it's kind of upsetting because you don't get to see those two guys play together most of the time. You either have mm-hmm. one or the other. So, I mean, it was funny because I, I talked smacked about judge and then he comes back and has a great week, but then what happens? He'll cool off again. He'll start striking out more. Mm-hmm. It's just not a very consistent player for the Yankees, even though he he's, he's a very good, he has a very good power bat. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have good contact on 
Right. Yeah. I mean, he's a freak of nature. You think he's six, seven, huge. I mean, he hits laser shots out of, out of the park. Um, But also like, yeah, he had a great week this week. I think he won AL player of the week, but Mm -hmm. who did they play this weekend? They played the Orioles. That's exactly. I I went into a freaking Instagram uh, rant with somebody is like, well, and they're like, oh yeah, stand, um, judge this great player of the uh, player of the week. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And like, he's gonna cool off like in two. He's gonna cool off for two weeks. What are you talking about? He's batting great. I'm like, okay, who the hell did he play against? Right. You got the Orioles. You got uh, the Tigers. You got the Indians. You got the Braves. As they weren't the greatest teams. Right. So it's like, what do you what do you wait to see when they play the Red Sox? Let's see how they favor in that. Yeah, or when they play the Rays, you know, mm-hmm. or they're hosting the White Sox this coming weekend. So it's like, oh, yeah. now let, yeah. let's see if you guys are actually going against these top teams and be if they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being able to put up runs too against good pitching. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, obviously the Yankees are not a con- they're not a contact team. They're they're powerhouse team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the reason why they picked up Odor. Odor hasn't been a, a great at bat, and they picked him up just because he has power. Mm-hmm. So I, it's worked out for him. But, again, you're, you don't have that contact player anymore. So you don't have the Jeter. You don't have the Hideki Matsui. You don't, you don't have those guys anymore. Right. Guys that are getting on base that are setting the table for your, your powerhouse. It's pretty much just living and dying by – Gary Sanchez hitting a home run or Clint Frazier coming up big. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You're just expecting that big at bat. And sometimes it, it never comes man. Yeah. So it, you know it, who had, you know, who had a big at bat this weekend? Who? Otani. <laughs> I lost. Oh my God, dude. I, I had a, I had a parlay with the Cubs and the Red Sox and Cubs won five to one. I'm watching the Red Sox game, you know, top of the ninth inning, uh, Matt Barnes comes in, who's been lights out all season. Yep. Matt Barnes has been one of the top closers all season. And he is down to their last out. Of course, Trout finds the, the only green spot in between three defenders, gets on base, and then Otani hits a bomb to take the lead, and they end up winning. And they're winning the game. And it's crazy because, like you said, Matt Barnes has been – lights out for the red sox i mean yeah. i had him on my team and i was like dude this guy's just doing great nobody expected him to be the way that he's playing right and otani just yeah to me i feel like he he's overrated that's my opinion mm-hmm. and i got some feedback on that people were like hey man i think he heard you because he just fucking <laughs> hit yeah. two home runs got 10 k's i'm like hey man and that's just my opinion but I mean, the way that he just flicked that baseball over the green monster, I was like, dude, this guy's got massive power. Well, that's so tell me, so tell me why you think he's overrated. Um, it's just the fact, it's just the fact that you go from him being an outfielder in Japan, being able to see a little bit more of a baseball than than most pitchers do. It's kind of like all right, you guys are you guys are showing that this guy's a pitcher hitter, but he also played outfield and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's just an over to me. I think I feel like he's overrated, but he's playing great. So wouldn't that just make him more impressive? It's like, oh, he's not just a pitcher. Oh, well, he played outfield. It's like, oh, so he played outfield, can pitch, and he drops bombs, right? Yeah, exactly. That that's another way to look at it into yeah. it. it's like. 
he plays, he can do three things, which not a lot of people can do. Not a, not a lot of players can, pitchers can be like, I'll go play the outfield whenever you need me, coach. Right. So, I mean, and then he hits bombs and I think he's tied in first place for the most home runs. Yeah. So, I mean, like one of the, the guy that I have in my podcast, uh, Rolando says, it's like, if he could have stayed healthy, imagine how much he could have been doing these past two years that he didn't play. So this is where I have a question. So the Japanese league is about half of the length of the MLB season, right? Mm-hmm. It's about half of the amount of games. So when Japanese players come over here and I saw that with uh, Kosuke Fukudome, when he was with the Cubs, he would be hot. He would be hot at the beginning of the season and then come the dog days of summer till the end of the season, he really struggled because I don't think they were, they're primed for that long season and he hasn't played a full season yet. So I am going to be curious to see how consistent he's going to be throughout the year because they're not used to that many games. Yeah, exactly. And it comes also to the time that you got uh, Joe Madden as a manager. So he's a type, he's those type of managers is a little bit more open-minded to it that he'll let them pitch and bat the same game. Or just like he pitched, batted, and then after he was done pitching, all right, you go to the outfield. Right. So it's like all those things is like, are you are you helping him? Or you should probably just sit him for a game or two, let him get some rest, go back into pitching, and then outfield some other times or DH, mm-hmm. whatever they're doing with him. So like you said, because, I mean, the season is longer than, than the Japanese league. Mm-hmm. So – Will he struggle? Because he hasn't played a full season. Right. So will he or struggle? Stay or stay healthy. Or stay, yeah, or stay healthy. So yeah. will he continue this um, streak that he has? Or will he slow down? And then that's where the talks that people that like me, like me are having, they're going to be a lot worse. Right. So they'll be like, oh, you can't be doing both things. You got to focus on one, this and that. It's like, all right, like if I was Joe Madden, I'd be like, all right, but let's slow it down a bit. I want to keep you healthy. And um, hope to see if we can get back to first place. I think the Angels are in dead last right now. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, comes a lot with uh, the front office, too. I think the front office gives Joe Madden um, a little bit of wiggle room, but I think they're the ones that are telling him how much he can pitch, if he can hit. And if they're okay with it, I think they let Joe manage it how he wants. But, I mean, they're the ones that are paying for him and all that stuff. Who, who was just talking about this? Somebody was just talking about um, how, oh, um, one of the Marlins front office guys, how he was talking about um, Ichiro wanted to pitch one game and uh, whoever's managing um, let Ichiro pitch and the front office almost fired him on the spot because he said, you know, you know how much I got to worry about my my right fielder getting hit with a line drive or, or whatever. So you're putting our money at risk and they almost fired him on the spot. But um, yeah. I wonder who was the manager because ever since the Marlins moved to Miami, no, it moved to Miami. Um, ever since they have the new stadium and stuff, it was either Guillen, which I know Guillen wouldn't have done that. Yeah. And um, Don Mattingly. Now, there was a, a the general manager became a coach for the Marlins for a couple, for one year or two years. So I don't know if that. I mentioned it. I mentioned it on one of my podcasts. Um, I'll have to go back and get the name and I'll get it to you. But um, they talked about on Dan, Dan Lebitard's uh, podcast um, and they brought that up because that was when they were talking about when Rizzo came in to pitch to Freddie Freeman. And, you know, they're like, oh, oh and I know that? you love that. 
I didn't love that. I didn't. Um, <laughs> it would be, you know, when I would like that, if, you know, we won the game, if we won the series, yeah. we're getting our, our shit kicked in. You know, I yeah. don't care to, you know, everyone's like, oh, let's have fun. And Freddie is, I hate that. <laughs> when we're lo- like, when they, when they're losing, I don't, you know, I don't want to see that. I don't want to yeah, see exactly. having fun when you're losing. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, there are some managers that won't want to risk an arm, but it's like, at this point, it's like, dude, put in somebody that doesn't see that much work, where right. you don't, that needs a little bit more work, throw him to the lions and see how he does. Right. No, I, I get that. I get it to, to some, some degree on, on both sides. Yeah. But yeah. So what do you got? What else you got coming up, Chris? Are you going to uh, record sometime this week as well? I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to, um, I have a busy rest of the week. I'm going to try to see if I can get something, uh, midweek, uh, leading up to the series on the weekend. Um, it'd be nice. Uh, I have my buddy, the guy that I, I filmed the podcast with, uh, coach Rolando, his, um, college team from Arizona, which I'm repping right now. They gave oh, me nice. that and everything. What school is that? Uh, I know it's in Mesa. I honestly don't remember the name. Okay. It was just, it's, freaking long i don't, I don't remember That's okay. <laughs> but um they're playing here in, in missouri for a couple for a couple days and i got to see them and hang out with them yesterday met some of the guys so they're playing uh regional tournaments right now for the niaa so that's nice. interesting so um hopefully i can i can see if i can do the show midweek but obviously i have some uh um partnerships that i'm trying to work with i'm trying to see if i can do some giveaways here and there and um trying to see if I can get some people on the show, man. I got, right. um, I, I got to be on yours right now. Hopefully you can be on mine sometime soon. Yeah. Um, I got people from uh, house of highlights. The director of that wants to be on the show. Nice. So yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah you right? can come on. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been great. I, I it's, um, I've been blessed with some opportunities and, and honestly it's been great this year it, it obviously it's a great jump from whatever everybody was going through last year so right yeah absolutely well we will be here to continue to support you and push out content and all that stuff um but it was great to talk to you um and then hopefully we can do this again sometime yeah for sure man i really do appreciate the opportunity i had a great conversation with you um i think there's a chemistry there that i enjoyed and um just talking shit about players it's all about man. that's exactly. what it's about Yes. All right, guys. We will catch you later. Thanks again. Shake that. Every day I'm shuffling.